welcome to EG Like Sunday Morning, the podcast they're calling Entertaining and Funny on Twitter. Okay, that was just one person that wrote that on Twitter, but we'll take it. Thank you very much, Gavin Bridge. Uh, that's definitely one for the posters, just as soon as EGLSM has a marketing budget to print them out. Uh, hopefully, living up to Gavin's billing this week, we have Deputy Editor Tim Burke and Offices Guru Alex Daniel. Uh, welcome to you both. Uh, how are you doing this week? How are you feeling? Doing good. Been back in the office for a couple of days and it was good fun. I feel quite energised from it. I definitely feel more up for it when I'm in the office. It's a lot more fun. Well, we'll certainly get into that uh, a bit later on about feelings about returning to the office. Um, and Tim, uh, this week you've been busy unveiling the results of EG's 2021 wellbeing survey. Uh, before we dig into the details, can you just sort of remind listeners what form the survey took and, and who we were reaching out to? Yeah, so this is um, this is all ahead of World Mental Health Day, which is on which is on Sunday. So actually today, as you're hearing this, dear listener, um, <laughs> and so yeah, we've we've published the the results of our third survey on well-being and mental health in the real estate industry. So this is our annual attempt to uh, get a picture of the well-being of the property industry's workforce and this year as you'd expect we were focusing on uh, people's experiences during the pandemic particularly whether working remotely had helped or hindered their mental health over the past sort of 18 months or so and also how they thought a, a return to the office whether that's you know two, three, four, five days a week was was going to impact that too. And uh, what, what kind of things were you finding as you looked into the results? Well, the, the headline figures aren't necessarily going to be a big surprise. So more than 60% of, of our respondents said that the effect of COVID-19 on, on their working life and on their jobs had had a, a detrimental effect on, on their well-being over the past year. But more promisingly, three quarters said that their employer and their company's focus on well-being had improved over the past year. Um, and a lot of that obviously will, 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 you would have expected because during a period like this, it's, it's forced that issue it's forced that issue into the spotlight. But we've got a separate podcast with some guests from EG's uh, mental health program from across the industry. And, uh, you know, they all agreed that, that that figure has to be taken as something of a silver lining. This has been a terrible, a terrible period for so many people. But but if if it's put the topic of well-being more firmly on the corporate agenda, then that has to be that has to be something good. That's, that's come from this period. And I guess really the, uh, the, the challenge now is, is gonna to be to keep that going. So you know, the COVID-19 has, has, has made this uh, a huge topic of, of importance, not just for real estate, but for, for so many other businesses. But there's then always that risk that the conversation stops once we get back to something approaching business as usual. Yeah. And so, so speaking about that, you're talking about that conversation, there's an awful lot of of discussion about that in wider society at the moment. And, and in this survey, I believe 64% have said, yes, there is a stigma around mental health in real estate. Do, do you think that that stigma is is pronounced in real estate or, or is that reflective of, of that kind of wider societal attitude, maybe that sort of classic British attitude of stiff upper lip and you don't talk about your problems? Do you think maybe because real estate is is often seen as that bit more traditional than other areas. Is it more of a problem in real estate? 
I think it could be. I think that's a, that's a good question. I think there are a lot of industries in which um, in which people would find it difficult to speak up and talk 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 about this topic openly. I think that real estate, you know, less so now, but in the past, there has been, you know, something of that um, of that blokey, more macho image to mm. to a, a lot of a lot of segments of the industry. And I think maybe that that has also made it more difficult for people to feel like they can they can open up and share their experiences and, and, and share their stories. But I think it's I mean, to your to your point, I, I think it's uh, I think there's probably a stigma even in broader society that still needs to be mm. overcome as well. I don't I, I think real estate, you know, real estate clearly does have something of a pronounced issue here, albeit one that one that's getting better and companies are working to overcome. But I do I do also think you could say that about a lot of different a lot of different sectors and a lot of different parts of um, of the business world, to be honest. And to return to how we, we opened, I mean, I asked you how you are, how you're feeling, and both of your answers were office centric. And I think so maybe if we sort of put ourselves on a bit of a spectrum, Alex seems particularly excited and engaged about being in the office. Tim, you seem quite enthused about that hybrid approach. You're sat at home at the moment, but you've enjoyed some of your time in the office. And I may be more towards that that end of being feeling more productive and more um, enthused by uh, working from home than, than mm. I am from from you know the physically going to an office. So that seems almost reflective of our of the answers to our survey, doesn't it? There, there, there's you know there are a, a considerable percentage of people who uh, are expecting are anticipating their well-being to improve by going back to the office, and but there's just as many who think it will stay the same mm. or 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 worsen. Yeah, there was. A, I thought this was a really interesting split, and it and it was. I mean, there was an even split, in fact, <laughs> yeah. between people who said that their well-being had um, had been better working at home than in the office, and those who saw it the other way. So, uh, as I said in our coverage to this, any any company boss that that thinks there's going to be a very easy answer to mm. what the new working week and the new workplace and working practices need to look like is going to be is going to be a little disappointed. Um, those who found more of a sense of well-being at home were citing things like the lack of a commute, um, a better work-life balance. They were able to see more of their their family and loved ones. One person said that remote working had helped them escape what they called a toxic office environment, where they always felt they were caught up in office politics. But then, for every comment that we had in in favour of remote working. We had someone who'd really struggled from the isolation of the last 18 months, people who'd um, missed the interaction with colleagues and what they thought that brought to their business and people who you know, felt that they were spending their life just staring at the same four walls and unable to, to sort of differentiate between their home life and, uh, and work life. Uh, and so I guess... I guess really when you look at what what respondents want as we start to move past the pandemic um, in, in terms of companies helping them support their own well-being, it's it, it's that idea of, of flexibility for, to, towards their individual circumstances. So people want to be able to work where, how and when works best for them. And what I think is interesting is that as we've been we've been talking about for for months and months now that's um that's a bigger discussion than one that just affects well-being so the ways in which companies address that kind of demand from their teams is 
you know, within our world of real estate, that's going to have a huge impact on the office leasing market, the office investment market, potentially for for years to come. This is this is ultimately, a, you know, an even bigger discussion than um, uh, than than simply well-being of individuals. This is this is sort of market moving. And speaking of market moving, uh, turning to Alex, uh, this week we have a um, you've had a, a huge scoop that uh, really underlines um, what, what looks like a rising appetite for office investment, certainly in, in central London. Yeah, um, so we uh, revealed this week that Omnicom, the advertising uh, giant, which owns uh, loads, of, loads of massive kind of ad agency brands, is, in, um, is, is under offer to buy its, um, its own headquarters in London, its European headquarters, which is in London at two and three bank sides. Um, these are two quite large office buildings behind the Tate Modern, um, and that's uh, going to be a four hundred and forty million pound deal, which is kind of one of the towards the bigger end of the office investment deals of the year um, in central London. Um, it's you know a good kind of four hundred fifteen thousand square foot space. I think you know it's 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 a really big deal. What's interesting about this, I think, is um, two things. Um, firstly, uh, obviously. The fact that Omnicom, um, a, not a very property-centric company at all, has decided that it wants to buy its own office in London signals a real appetite for space, um, especially among a kind of media company. A lot of these kind of uh, TMT slash tech slash sort of uh, media-centric companies, they don't really need, as they've, they've found in the pandemic, they don't need all that much office space. Um, it's interesting to see an ad a company that owns a load of ad agencies wanting to hold on to loads of it. It might want to become a landlord at some point in the future to, to, and sublet some of it, but you know it really shows some confidence in the office market. The second thing is that this building was marketed at um, 410, I think, million pounds. Um, Omnicom's bought it or buying it for 440. Obviously, percentage-wise, that's not such a big uplift, but I mean, 30 million quid is a serious kind of, um, you know, it's, you don't just find 30 million quid down the back of the sofa usually. And, you know, it's clearly been quite fierce bidding um, for this building at Bankside. Um, it really sort of indicates uh, that there is an appetite for buying big office buildings in London. And um, I guess it sort of, it, it feels like a bit of a turning point. I think lots of offices have been kind of undervalued um, over the course of this year. Um, certainly, uh, we've reported on a couple of deals where offices have been undervalued in investment deals or they've been marketed too high at the start and then they've been pushed down. Um, this has been completely the opposite. It coincides with um, the, the agencies starting to release their third quarter um, investment figures as well. CVRE got out the door first this time um, and they said 2.5 billion quids worth of offices changed hands in central London in the third quarter, which is really, in the context of the pandemic, a big number. Um, I think it's now more than 6 billion quid has changed hands over the course of this year. And, you know, that's significantly up on 2020. Obviously, you'd expect it to be up, but it's nearly double. Um, it feels like the market is sort of uh, getting back on its feet. Um, with the big investment deals kind of on the horizon, there are a couple more on the horizon as well. Um, yeah, it certainly feels like this, the start of the push into Q4, which is going to be inevitably uh, incredibly busy and lots of money sloshing around, um, has certainly begun. 
And of course, as we noted on EGLSM before, the turning point was your appointment as offices reporter for EG, Alex. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. January 2021 will be a, a date etched into the memories of investment agents, I'm sure. <laughs> he, he moved the market. <laughs> you can't ask for more than that. And um, Alex, another little uh, interesting story that I saw from you this week is uh, you have news of the world's smartest office going on the market. Yeah, it's not gone on the market just yet. It is uh, it is soon to go on the market. Um, earliest point will be February next year, but um, they are going to sell it. So uh, Middle Cap is the name of the developer. They are selling their office called Southworks, which is um, in Southwark. Um, see what they've done there. Um, it's a seventy thousand square foot office. You know, it's it's. It's kind of between Elephant and Castle and Borough. It's kind of not the most exciting location, this thing. Um, but they're going to sell it for more than 100 million quid. Um, and they reckon they're going to get such a good price because it is incredibly smart. Um, How smart has, is it, Alex? How smart is the office? It's definitely smarter than me. Um, it's, it, it uses, I've got lots of sort of techie writing in front of me to describe it. But from what I can tell, it uses sort of um, a kind of digital backbone that functions as its brain. Um, that is connected to a bunch of sensors. Obviously, loads of people have got sort of air quality sensors and lighting controls and all this kind of thing. But I think the way that it is all regulated is with artificial intelligence and with this so-called uh, kind of brain um, developed by a prop tech company called B-Grid, um, who are uh, Dutch, I believe. Um, so yeah, this kind of central sensor platform, um, which regulates the light, regulates the air, regulates presumably sort of you know it'll make your coffee if you want it can read your mind uh, this building is incredibly smart and um middle cap the investor reckon they're going to get 105 million quid for it um possibly more um and yeah it looks like a really interesting sale it's one to keep an eye on as opposed to one that's hit the market now um but um but yeah it completed earlier this year they're in the process of letting it up um yeah world's smartest building it was awarded i think over the summer at um at uh, a prop tech award ceremony um it strikes me it's a bit like world's oldest person it's not really a title that anyone holds on to for long no i think there are probably i mean i would imagine there are now smarter buildings that have finished since the summer frankly um if only yeah i mean it, it would be lovely to be in the smartest building in the world wouldn't it, it would. um, but this one seems almost scarily smart by the sounds of it i think but it, you're saying think, it might already have been overtaken it they might. ought to they ought to sell it before anyone realizes <laughs> well yeah exactly they should get on with it quick before anyone's place. heard this maybe we should on. get the office on maybe we should get the office on on a future podcast see if it can beat you in the quiz of the week <laughs> i believe speaking it has gained sentience which, speaking of which <laughs> it is that time uh, are you ready to go head to head uh, in the quiz of the week as ready as I'll ever be. Good. Absolutely. Um, let's say, okay, Tim, I'll let you have the choice. Would you like uh, the odd numbers or the even numbers? Um, I'll go. I'll go even. You'll go even. So that means, Alex, you are going first. Question one. Which co-living provider that shares its name with a rapper is expanding to the UK? Um, is it? Uh, it's common. It is common. I thought it was uncommon. I thought it was Kanye West. 
<laughs> Kanye West would be a wonderful name for a co-living provider, uh, especially one that sort of concentrated its efforts in Bristol. Uh, Tim, your question. Which law firm has been dropped as advisors to the RICS following the Levitt report? Uh, Phil Fisher. Correct. One, one. Exciting. Alex, this is the missing words round of questions. So Luton rolls out the carpet for blank studio. Luton rolls out the carpet for blank studio. I'm, I'm just going to have to go with film studio. I mean, it's it's a sensible guess, but Tim, That's, would you would you have had a better better stab at this? I would have, but I think he gets half a point for that. But oh. it's um, it's Bollywood. It is Bollywood. <laughs> Where it's else? A wine storage enough. and distribution facility in Luton to be the next uh, Bollywood film studio. I read that one as well. Okay, Tim, this to take uh, a half point lead. Bearing in mind you've just awarded Alex a half point. Ritz, oh, Christ, I shouldn't have done that. Gone. Ritz gets the green light for three hundred million pound blank. Ritz gets the green light for three hundred million pound blank. I remember the story, but I can't remember. It was it's like it's a basement conversion, isn't it? But it's not it's not basement, is it? You know, I think no one wants a three hundred right, million okay, pound you've got basement. Half mark. So I think it's only fair. Alex got a half mark. The answer is basement spa. So okay, okay. one and a half each. A two-level spa will form part of the five-story extension to the Landmark Hotel. I'm okay. sorry that I've made this more complicated by starting to award half points. Yes. <laughs> we, we, we're not going to subdivide any further than that. I'm not going into weird percentage marks. Um, final round of questions is, of course, the diary round of questions. So, Alex, in which city does the penthouse of a luxury new apart hotel come with a rooftop shower? with stunning views. <laughs> oh, God, I just don't know. I absolutely don't know. Um, Where would you like to stand naked having a shower and look out over the cityscape? Manchester. Uh, well, there we go. So there you go, Manchester. If you if you want to invite Alex, he wants to stand naked and look over your panorama. But the answer, Tim, is? <laughs> um, I can't remember. I read the piece as well. Uh, New York? <laughs> Not I mean, I'm quite. Just, I'm, not quite as exotic as New York. It is, of course, Sheffield. So, Tim, this... For Come Victor, on, last one. Let's do it. We are currently on the seventh day of Steptober, uh, the fortnight-long property industry initiative raising money by uh, walking for homelessness charity Land Aid. And London Green's James Tregoning is setting the pace. As of 11 a.m. this morning, to the nearest 5,000, how many steps is he averaging a day? I don't remember reading this one, so it's just going to be it's going to be an absolute punt. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 25,000 steps to the nearest five. 25,000 is not correct. Alex, what would you have gone for if this had been your question? Uh, let's say 20. He's averaging 30,000 steps a day. Wow. Which is quite OK. Now, uh, that means it's a tiebreak question. It's very exciting. I've prepared for this. I am taking part in Steptober as part of the EG Striders team. As of 11 a.m. this morning, I'm going to ask you how many steps I had registered and its closest wins. Over what Over what period or uh, average? So it's, we're, on the, we're on the seventh day. So this is the seventh day. So there's been six full days and a little bit this morning. 
how many steps had I registered by 11 a.m. this morning? Uh, okay, Alex, you you are you you get to go first. You Not have, over the course of the day, but uh, over the course of the so this in so far in October. Okay. Uh, we can't okay. make him. Ex- we can't nights. make him explain it again. We've just okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> 120,000 steps. I think that seems like a reasonable sort of. Okay, Tim. Nearly figure. I'm going for, I'm going to go above that. I'm going to go 135,000. You've gone a little bit too far. Alex wins. Alex is closest. I was, I'm in, currently in 54th place uh, with 126,733 steps oh. as of 11am this morning. Uh, and good. the EG Striders are currently 18th out of a record 306 teams. So uh, let me give a quick shout out to my teammates, Mauricia. Uh, Roland and Sarah, please do keep it going. Just one more week after today. It is hell. Walking for the sheer sake of walking is a miserable experience. And I, I like walking generally, but feeling you have to walk is terrible. Um, so if anyone out there would like to uh, offer us and encourage us with a few pennies of sponsorship, uh, please do, uh, do do that at join.landaid.org forward slash fundraisers forward slash eg striders uh, it is for a great cause aiming to end the plight of youth homelessness and of course uh, to bring things all the way back giving to charity is great for your mental health isn't it tim it is were you going to rattle all that off even if there wasn't a tie break question uh i i, I just prepare for eventually it was a brilliant a brilliant opportunity well done you well done the striders and and well done alex as well <laughs> yeah well done Alex. Believe you, last and definitely quiz of the week uh, so i mean uh is there anything better for your well-being than taking part in eg like sunday morning absolutely not love it always a pleasure to be here it's always a pleasure to have you so uh thank you everyone for listening uh we'll see you next week <laughs>